We got to get right into the show, y'all. I have a very special guest. I am elated to introduce y'all to the Inside Out coach, Karen Maloney. Karen Maloney. Now, I'm going to give y'all a little bit. I'm not going to give y'all too much now, but I'm going to give y'all a little bit about where she's at. If you go to a website, you understand or understand that self-belief equals possibilities. And so she's also a mindset and self-belief coach in her 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 passion is to bust your inner critic, build your self-belief, and assist you to be who you were born to be. Come on. So she is definitely a kindred spirit. All right. And I'm excited to have her. I don't even know how we're going to flow, but we're just going to flow the way that we flow. And I'm not rhyming on purpose. I'm telling y'all. But y'all know how I get down. Y'all know how we get down here. So welcome to another episode of Is That So? Season 3. Featured guest, Karen Maloney. So this is going to be a special one. So y'all hold on just a second while I welcome in my guest. Welcome, welcome. Hello. Yo, how you doing, Miss Karen Maloney? How you feeling today? Hello, Harry. I'm feeling good. I'm excited to have you on here. And I don't want to waste any time. I want to jump right on in it. And just tell the people a little bit about who you are, what you're about, and what's your passion. Like, why are you, why did you get with this crazy nocturnal therapist to do this podcast today? Like, what is your passion? Yeah. Well, it's a pleasure for us to join you, Harry, as well. Thanks for having me. And I I can't even remember how we connected, but as they say, there's no such thing as coincidence. So I'm happy to be here and join and share. And really, my passion is about the inner work. It's about helping people become limitless to move through their own judgments, criticisms, inner talk that can be so destructive at times and living life on their terms and just being happy no matter what and finding the love and the light. And that doesn't mean it's all like airy fairy and no problems. No, we do. But we build tools and skills to help us move through everything. And especially when things are challenging or difficult. So that's really my passion and helping people wake up to that other way of living. Mm. Okay. I I believe Again, there's some there's there's synchronicity. Every guest I have on here, there's synchronicity with. And so what I'll say is recently I put out a reel and I speak, I spoke of the three births. The first birth being the birth of us coming to being is from our mothers. The second birth being the adoption of the parental psyche and everything that comes along with our timeline and story, our name and the way that we look and all these other attributes. And Unfortunately, many people will remain in that second birth. After that second birth, there will be no more births for many people. And that's because we get lost in this, this place, this physical space of isness. And so we get attached to, like I will respond to, for, for instance, I will respond to racism, for example, as a black man. But I understand that even though I'm a black man in this physical space, I am not a black man. Mm-hmm. I'm an energetic, but I just so happen to manifest as a black man in this space. Mm-hmm. And so there's certain things, certain nuances, certain things I got to address because I've come here to have an experience. And so this experience I'm having is as a black man, but I'm not a black man. I'm an energetic being. And so I can yeah. separate the two. But that third birth is moving into understanding that you are energetic being and learning what, how your energy manifests, like truly the, the pure, the core of you manifests. And then developing a plan of approach to life based Mm -hmm. off of that. And so it's you understanding that you must shed what you've inherited, which is limiting beliefs and fears of yesteryear, and then move forward into your what is 
inherent to you, your most authentic, highest self, where you are clear minded and you can move with passion and also purpose. Yeah, I agree. Isn't that what they say? Life is all about, I can't remember who said it, but this this idea of learning to die before you die. And that's dying to your identity, to your limiting beliefs, to your roles, to all these different human aspects. And yes, we're here having this physical human experience, but like that, it I believe the journey as well is remembering the higher truth of all of us. And yes, this is the suit of clothes and the biological spacesuit I was given for this incarnation and this journey this time. This was your suit of clothes that you were given this time. But it's connecting to and remembering, and this is the work of connecting back to the truth of we are all creation. We are all from source. Yes, there are differences in this physical human reality, but there was this analogy used that Marianne Williams used before in A Course in Miracles. And it's like, if we identify ourselves on where we land, like a spoke on a bicycle wheel and all the spokes, we as humans, we identify with ourselves based on where we land on the wheel. But if you follow any of those spokes back, they all come from the same center and we're the exact same the human race and i believe half half the issues is we have forgotten that and that's why we focus more on the separation and the perceived differences we have as opposed to the deeper truth of that oneness and the connection and i believe this is part of the human experience to come here and remember that truth and that is through energy work as well. Dolores Cannon is another teacher and she talks about how this earth school is our school. We don't even need any other school. Yes, it's good to learn English and maths and whatever, but earth in and of itself, life is its own school. And it's about learning how to manipulate energy. And we can see that we can manipulate energy in many ways. And because we are all from creation and source, We have the power and potential to create like source. There there is free will. So that's why we can create and be creatively destructive. And we see a lot of that happening. Or we remember our truth and our light and we create more joy and peace and harmony. And I believe that's the kind of crux where we're at as well as a species, as a human race. We are really in transitional times. So, okay. Brilliant, brilliant. A bit of a, maybe a challenging question. I don't know. But my question I pose to you is how, even knowing this, right? Even, even with the remembering and knowing this, what do you believe is the, the most loving path when addressing societal ills? What do you believe? How do, what path should light warriors or workers take when it comes down to social ills because silence is acquiescence so how do you address these real life when 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 the rubber meets the road and you are face to face with pure evil Mm. what do you do yeah and this is the real challenge of life because when we are really confronted with that issue that challenge right in our face it's really difficult to be able to go within and remember our oneness But that's why it's like everything. It's a practice. We do it when we're not in the challenges. That's why it's a daily discipline. That's why it comes down to us and us first and foremost, our relationship with ourselves, our inner work. We often wait and look outside of ourselves that, oh, 
the government's going to sort it. Society's going to sort it. The big companies are going to sort it. What can I do? I'm just one person. But this is the reality of it. One person, each of us doing it individually, one person at a time builds a whole force. When you think about it, like this, this blows my mind sometimes when I think about it, even war and things like that. And I'm like, truly, if we woke up and we worked in ourselves and remembered the truth of ourselves and see the innocence in our brother, I'm like, without people so disconnected from themselves and living in fear, the people who make arms and guns they have no one to buy them. We are so powerful. We feel like we have no control. But when all of us humans, and I believe it has to start individually, we cannot wait for someone or something outside of us. We start and we start now and we practice daily within our everyday life. And this is something I talk about as well, purpose and legacy. And for me, I'm like, purpose feels like a job at times where I'm like, legacy is everything. And we're all leaving a legacy, whether we realize it or not, in every single interaction that we have in our daily lives, from how we smile at someone passing us on the street or not. Our legacy is day in, day out. And when we begin to remove ourselves from the fear story, start to go within and see what is it? Why am I holding these beliefs? Why am I thinking this way? Why am I going in judgment? Why am I afraid of this other person? And when we start asking ourselves these questions, we uncover a lot of truths. And the more that we kind of, again, die to ourselves, we're reborn. And even when you think about it, every single day, every single moment is a brand new moment to make a new decision. It doesn't matter what we did before, but we can keep playing the same patterns. And we often think because when we kind of forget how short and fragile life is, we can often just see the long picture of, oh God, well, I have forever and I still have 50, 60 years. And it can kind of seem never ending or all same, same. I have this plan. I'm going to work. I'm going to retire at this age. I'm going to do this. And it all seems very same samey but even like the pandemic has shown us like everything can change in an instant but when we're so fixated into this physical reality we forget how life is unfolding moment to moment and every moment is a brand new moment and again no matter what has happened the moment before we still have a choice right now to make a new choice but we will never realize that again until we go within until we come off the fear story until we get present within ourselves and within life i believe now is an appropriate time for me to sing is that so <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah oh you flowing oh you're flowing oh i love it i love it so if you defeat the enemy within the enemy without can do you no harm that's essentially what yeah. you're saying I'm, i mean i believe that's what i'm hearing yeah. absolutely absolutely when we unravel and see and bring the light to the darkness that we hold within that we all have like we don't have to have gone through major trauma in our life yes people have yes shit happens but no matter what, we all still have darkness within, even if we have the most perceived incredible upbringing. Because again, we're always implicitly and explicitly observing things, taking things in, because up until the age of seven, we don't have the beta brain. We don't have the filtering mind. So we're literally hypnotized. We're like in the hypnotized state and we are taking everything in, even when we're not conscious of it. So we all have darkness. We all have inner issues. And I, I was only thinking about this, I think it was yesterday, the day before, and how much 
I have changed and how much more relaxed I am in any situation and how I can be around awkward situations or conflict or differences. And I don't get defensive like I used to. And I was thinking about this and I was like, why was that? And I was like, because I felt so awkward, period, full stop within me, that awkwardness went everywhere with me because it was in me. It had nothing to do with the situations. It was me. It was something I carried within. So it came everywhere with me. So when I worked through that and I no longer have that awkwardness, yeah, sometimes it comes up. But again, that's why I have my tools. I practice when I'm not in it to remember and come back to present and be like, it's okay. I can be here. I can have this conversation. It doesn't mean I have to agree. We're all okay here. So, you know, again, it's what we carry within. Mercy. Ooh. ooh. <laughs> this is so good. Oh my goodness. I'm, I'm, I'm serious. I'm so sincere right now. This is so good. But yes. you know, this this is this is like when I go into conversations as well, I get the opportunity to just flow and speak because I get because when you're present as well, you're not worried about, oh God, what am I going to say? What questions are they going to ask? How am I going to answer? Am I going to come out looking good or not? When I am present, I can allow that truth and that light and that essence that is all of us to flow through. And it's it's all of us. It's the truth of all of us when we do the work and connect to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, it's our truth. And so this is for, for those of us who have experienced major traumas and unfortunately cannot escape those traumas as far as the the the, the physical manifestation, the whatever the situation involves, know that. Fear is a choice. Danger, reality, but fear is a choice. And I'm telling you this because this is the same thing I've 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 had to coach myself through because I've had big T's as well as little T's. Mm-hmm. And so with the big T's, I tell myself, I literally have to coach myself that 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 danger is a reality, but fear is a choice. And all fear is is false evidence appearing real. And that fear, when it's introduced into the energetic beings that we are, it causes static. It causes an interruption in the frequency that we are. And so there's less flow. We become more chaotic and we become more destructive, which then manifests in this physical reality as being more destructive and chaotic and violent. Mm-hmm. Um, understanding that, I can better understand how what relationship one what relationship I should choose in this moment, what I, I choose in this moment. And just so you don't get lost, what I mean is that there is the small I that consists of our attributes. Yes, in this space, I am a male. Yes, in this space, I am black and so on and so forth. But that's a small I. Mm-hmm. That's the subjective human experience. We are the I behind the I. We are the large I. We are the awareness behind the I. And so that awareness gets to choose which I it wants to experience life through. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But again, you know, my take on things as well is like, don't, you know, and it's really hard because, again, I've gone through big T's and small T's and we can feel so broken and like it, it was so full of shame and like it was our fault. But my message is always it's never your fault. Absolutely never your fault. And our body is so intelligent that no matter what way we're living now, they were survival mechanisms and they were coping mechanisms and everything is medicine. And I mean that in every sense of the word, whether someone turns to drugs or gambling or work or whatever the case is, that is a medicine that helps a person at a time to literally survive at times and to move through the trauma. So there is no judgment. But what happens is, again, we become habituated. 
we become so habituated. So we're just living out our habits and it becomes familiar to our brain. So anytime we try to go make change or remove ourselves from a situation that we know is really bad for us, we know like nobody is stupid, but just know that it's a pattern in your brain. Your brain will do anything to keep you in what's familiar. Even if that familiar is so destructive to us, it's just the way our brain is programmed. So again, it really comes down to being educated and knowing that and knowing that you're not messing up. You're not messing up if you know you have this feeling that you want to leave or change something and then you try and you can't and you go back to the way you were. It requires persistence. And for me as well, what it really required was, first of all, connecting with my body and learning to calm my nervous system. Because when we go through traumas as well, we separate. And I lived from my mind. I was not connected to my body. It was like this thing that followed me around. But I thought, I was like, if I can overthink everything, if I can plan everything to a T, if I can try to figure out all scenarios of what possible situations might happen, if I can think that from my mind, I'm safe. But what does that do? It just drives you insane and like keeps you living in the future and highly anxious and in fear. But so that was crucial for me, first and foremost, to learn to calm my nervous system, to connect back to my body. Because, again, there's this line in The Course in Miracles where the only place where divine time intersects with linear time is right here, right now. And our body is our vessel to be present. Because my body is always in the now, no matter where I spin off to in my mind or if I go back to the past or I'm off in the future, my body is always in the here and now. So the more I have a body awareness practice, the more I am bringing myself out of my mind, out of the fear story. And believe me, every time I spin off and I go off in a rabbit hole of fear or overthinking or worry or thoughts, which still happens every time I catch myself, I'm like, what has happened? I'm just not present. I have disconnected from my body. And every time I connect back to the present, the here and now, nine times out of 10, everything is fine. Or if it's not fine, it's at least not as bad as I was thinking it was. So again, coming back to presence, coming back to our body, calming our nervous system, learning to be in communication with our body, it gave me and it gives us all a segue to get to our mind to see what the hell am I thinking in the first place? Why am I keeping myself in this situation when I don't want to? What are the stories and the narratives coming up? Because again, we live in a mental world. And if something doesn't have a consciousness of it, it on it, it can't exist. So we are creating through our thoughts all the time. But again, mm -hmm. we're so habituated. We often, we don't think, we don't know what we're thinking because it, mm -hmm. they're just so quick and we're not present. So encouragement to think about your thoughts. Or to know thyself, which is the number one rule. Choice. Ignorance and freedom cannot coexist. Mm -mm. It's a choice. You cannot live choice. in fear and love at the same time. It is a we choice. And so the choice, realizing that there's a choice there, that fear is a choice. <laughs> yes. And again, yeah. because I know back in the day, I didn't realize I had that choice. That choice wasn't obvious to me because I was so into the fear program. I did not rest like I did not stop because I thought if I stopped well first of all I didn't know what the hell was going to come up and secondly if I stopped I wasn't being a good human I wasn't being productive I wasn't going to succeed I wasn't going to achieve and accomplish all these dreams I had so rest was bad I could not stop but so I didn't realize I had a choice it was actually only through a major trauma that I wake up woke up to the fact of 
oh, hang on, I have a choice here. I can continue to feel absolutely crap, missing out in my life, blaming myself, thinking of all the horrible things or what went wrong and replaying this. Or I can accept that this has happened and start rebuilding my life. And I was like in that moment going, oh, yeah, it seems so obvious. But before then, it wasn't. Because again, why? We're on. We are on all the time. Our nervous systems are constantly on. We're living in the stress energy all the time. So we cannot, we don't have enough time to, or we live there as a baseline in stress and fear. We might have moments of happiness, of joy, of love, but they're they're fleeting. They're just a moment because this is our, our baseline. Again, we we cannot be in both. We can flip really quickly. But again, that's just going to bring more franticness. So it's, again, about going within and flipping the internal script to have that love, that ease, that flow, that trust as your baseline. And yeah, you'll flip out into fear and anxiety. All emotions are welcome, but you come back and you come back quicker. And again, it comes back to presence and being connected to the body, because when you have that perspective, you have a bit more space to be aware of what you're thinking and you can choose your response as opposed to just being reactive, 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 reactive. And everyone's just living reactive. You can choose which eye you embody. So that's it. You you take a pause realizing that you're the eye or the you're the awareness behind the thoughts and you ask yourself what type of relationship do I want to have with this present moment? Mm -hmm. You get to decide what type of relationship you can have with the present moment. That's that's Part of your power. That's that's what the power of being present is. That's the power of awareness, knowing that you get to choose what relationship. Otherwise, the reactive part, you will go down the same old neural pathways that are best formed because the fear, the, the neural pathways that fear that you travel down in fear, those are the most well built because that's what we are fine tuned to begin at, at the hunter and gathering stage of the story of, of protection. Where we're in a chronic fight or flight state, again, the story of connection versus the story of protection versus the story of disconnection. 400 million years ago, we had the, the fight or flight state, the story of protection came in. And so that's where we compare and criticize and judge and make downward comparisons of other folk. But it's really a form of us protecting ourselves. And honestly, because that evolved 400 million years ago, that's sort of kind of our default state. For no, no, matter, no matter what, you can you can ask the dolly, but that's why these practices are essential because a life of authenticity is a life of skillfully practicing, living through your values. It's not a life of never getting lost because sometimes you got to get lost in order to find yourself. It's understanding that you are to skillfully practice living through your values because your values are the only thing that feeds your higher needs, your growth needs, these needs that give you fulfillment, your basic needs will keep you existing. It's your growth needs that break, make life, life. To spend your entire life earning a living is not a living, that's a dying. Life is not about earning a living. It's about earning a life, leaving a legacy. If you're seeking a life coach, nocturnal therapist is the name and mental alchemy is the game. If you want to understand how to transmute, transform, and transcend these challenges and these challenging emotions, find me at the School of Outliers at becomingoutlier.com slash links. Again, that's becomingoutlier.com slash links. Stay lit and agape. We have been given the gift of being creation first and foremost, 
and we come here to create. Like we are the director, the producer, the writer, the author of our own life. But again, when we think about it, because we've all heard this, I think most people cognitively understand it. They're like, yeah, that makes sense, but we're not living it. And why aren't we living it? When we are born, we are pure potentiality. We are pure consciousness. We are an absolute blank canvas, every single child that comes in. And that, for me, when I remember that connection as well, that helps me when I am judging a person who is doing really horrific things. And I'm like, but hang on. I know that's not the truth of them because no single baby is born evil. Absolutely no way. It's through their life... It's through their life circumstances, their environment, how they had to adapt, what they had to learn in order to survive or to fit in. Because again, we all have to fit in no matter what environment we come from. So that really helps a lot because it's like, that's not the truth of them. I know without a shadow of a doubt, I don't care what they're doing in human form. We don't understand we can be ourselves and not ourselves. That's what I call being selfish. Being mm-hmm. selfish is like a cup blue, something is blue, but bluish. You know that it's blue, but it's some kind of off blue, not prime blue. A person being selfish, they themselves, but not quite themselves. And so I take a different definition of the word selfish. Not that person is intentionally choosing to prioritize themselves, but the person is so fractured in that state of 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 being of where they are because of fear, because chaos and the frequently energetic beings that we are, and that fractures us. And that state of being fractured, we become more egotistical. In a state of being more egotistical, we give in to the illusion of separateness. We fall deeper into the matrix. And in that illusion of separateness, we fall deeper into that that default state of hunting, gathering, wanting to protect ourselves constantly. And so then the other becomes the enemy. And that's why the the the, the say is feed the enemy within and enemy without can do you no harm because you'll begin to understand there is no enemy. Safe fear in the system. That is mm-hmm. the only thing that's holding the system. It's yeah. fear. And that is something that that's that's attached this bug parasite that's attached to the energetic being that you are. So the goal is to help yourself remember, continue to remember, have these experiences, never waste your pain, knowing that pain is only there, not to judge you, but to tell you pay attention to this right here. And you pay attention to it, you're going down to a deeper truth of who you are. And when you can take your understandings of what you thought you knew, because there's going to be a lot of surprises in your life. When you take what you thought you knew, your understanding, and you combine that with your gain insights to your experiences and through your pain, and you actually leaning into that pain and actually paying attention to what that pain is trying to show you. And then you combine that with integrating, integrating what you learn, your truths into the practice. That's what I call understanding. It's a combination of understandings plus gain insights plus integration into the practice. Now you're living skilled through a practice, through, through skillfully uh, practicing living through your values, excuse me. And that is a life of authenticity. And a life of authenticity is a life of skill, not only skillfully practicing with your values, but it's about you being inherent, you doing what's true to who you are and allow that gift that you are to come to full manifestation, to full fruition, unhindered, just out the box, but the true you, the truest form of you. Yeah. But please, um, No, that's, yeah, that's true. And again, it's available to all of us. And I think most people, again, they have the understanding intellectually that maybe there's something more. I have all the power in my life, but if we don't do it for ourselves, nobody can do it. You know, I thought for a long time by understanding them, I was like, yeah, it makes total sense. It makes total sense. I get it. 
but I had no practice. So when we're not living, when we don't make it intentional, when we don't make it a priority in our lives to want to know ourselves better, to want to question, why am I the way I'm, I am? Why am I doing these things? Why do I become the same repeating patterns? Like we don't get the curiosity playing out. What we witnessed in our environment, we keep the story going. Whereas we have the power to change anything and everything about our lives, no matter what has gone on before. And again, it's very important what we say to ourselves, because often we grow up in all kinds of different environments. And whether it's an illness or it's behavior and you see it being repeated and repeated for generations, and it's like, well, I've always been this way or this is the way my family is, like I can't change it. And again, be very careful with your words, because actually you can. Absolutely anybody can. But it's not just going to happen. We have to be willing to. And again, it's facing ourselves. We are our own limit in every way, shape or form. And that can be positive or negative. Because again, I talk about self-belief as well. And if we don't believe in ourselves and or in our dreams, or we all might have this spark or this idea. And if we don't believe that we're capable of doing it, it will never happen. Even if everyone around you was like, oh yeah, you'd be so good at that, or that's amazing. If you don't believe it for yourself, it doesn't matter what the others say either. And we all know that sometimes, I don't know, especially women, if someone compliments you, complimenting on appearance is such a big thing. And it's like, if they say, oh, that's a really nice top. And if you if you don't really like it, you're like, oh, really? I don't know. And you just think they're lying. Because if you don't believe it for yourself, and that that's applicable Perception to every aspect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's applicable to every aspect of our lives. So Again, we can follow what the masses are doing. We can move into the fear and be negative and be horrible and be mean to everyone we see in our lives because most people are doing it. We can do that or we can decide to do things differently. We can decide to be kind and loving no matter what. We can decide to see beyond just the habits and the pattern because, again, it's a habit. It's not the human. Okay, Mm. it's the habit. It's the behavior we don't like. It has nothing to do with the human. Mm. Yeah, they are playing it out, but it's still a habit. It's a behavior and any single habit or behavior. I don't care for how long you've been doing it or how long your family's been doing it. It can be changed, but it takes you changing it. Each of us changing it. Nobody can do it for us. And that can seem hopeless at times and like a lot of work, but actually yeah, there's that way of looking at it, or it's actually really empowering. It's like, oh, hang on here. I have more power than I ever knew. And again, that's that's one of the things we always hear about. We have so much more power than we know. All the answers lie within. That is the truth. But how will you ever know that? You won't know that. You can understand it from reading all the books, but how will you truly know the truth of that? Action. Experimenting. Trying it out for yourself. Experience. Yeah. It's the only way we've come here, and 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 that's where fear. You must release yourself from the parasite of fear because you're going to experiment in life. And born tabula rasa, empty slate, and again trying to learn this alien planet. There's so many different things that we've come to experience because after that second birth of us adopting our parental psyche, we're going to have experiences, pleasurable and painful, based off of that lens through which we look life look at life through. And so it's in those moments of discomfort that we have that it, the soul is ripe for us to transcend. And what Jung has called the transcendent function comes on, which is 
understanding that you are more than some of your parts. You are actually designed to be upgraded. The brain is the hardware. The mind is the software. And like any other software, it was designed to be upgraded. And so when was the last time you had your software update? The upgrade consists of you collecting more of your truth and then integrating that so that you can live more authentically in life. That's why the integration component is is imperative. And again, the judging of the mind, the mind is is the, the ego and the mind was designed to judge good, bad, zero, one, zero, one, one, zero, whatever. Understand the limits of the mind, because once you get into those spiritual truths, once you get into the spiritual realm, the binary way that the mind thinks of good and bad no longer works. It's not on a scale of good and bad. These experiences that you have, you've come here to have experiences, not only representing who you are, right? And you know, it's your truth when you experience it, just like me and a sister meeting and talking for the first time and I'm vibing with her and there's a lot of synergy going on. Like, I know that this is true. Like I know in this moment that this is true, that this connection is true, that this was this, that this was part of my journey and I'm grateful for it. Just like we have experiences like this, we also fall into experiences where we realize who we are not by having experiences that represent who we are not. Mm -hmm. And those are the hardest or have been the most challenging for us to escape from because we don't understand that, yes, this space where we were fractured at, we responded in a way that's not really true to who we are, but that's, that's why we had the experience to realize that that's not who we are. And so we move closer to who we are, not only by learning who we are, but also by understanding who we are not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the challenge. You can't, you, look, fear will have you hiding in the closet. Your inner critic will have you hiding in the closet for your entire life, but you've not come here to hide. You're an energetic being. You come here to be a light, to be a beacon. You are come, you've come here to add, to uplift the frequency and the projection of what we see and know this world to be. And the more that you get, the closer that you get to that frequency, that frequency of, of all the other, the, the, the same direction that all other light warriors and workers are moving towards, the closer that you get to that frequency, the more you oscillate on that frequency, the bigger the tidal wave of love that comes into this world and radically changes this world forever. That's what we're talking about when we're talking about moving back to our truth and, and understanding who you are and then adding to the greater collective. That's what we mean, because the closer, the more, the more of us, the more of us that can the faster we, but not even fast, I don't want to put it on a time scale, but as more of us come to know who we are, the more you understand you, the more you see your connection to everything else in life. Mm-hmm. And the more you then project that same love that you're cultivating in you, because you see yourself splattered all over everything else in life, you project that same love outward. You mm-hmm. see, we only project outward what we're holding in. I can only, if, to make it basic, I can only give my neighbor a cup if they call and ask me, hey, Harry, do you have a cup of sugar? I can only give them that cup of sugar if I have a cup of sugar. So mm-hmm. I can only give you what I have. So if I have fear, then that's what's projected outward. Yeah. But if yeah. I build love, then that's what's projected outward. Totally. You understand? Totally. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah please. I, I just had to jump in there real quick. But yeah, look. No, but that's it. <laughs> and but even on that even on that thing, I, I and I can't remember what teacher said it, maybe it was Dolores Cannon as well. This is why it's always worth it. Because again, like I what I said at the beginning, sometimes we can feel like, oh, but I'm just one person and what could I possibly project or what could I possibly influence? And she said that for every single person who fo- who holds that energy of light, because again, we live in an energetic universe like everything is energy and has a frequency for every single person that embodies and holds that light and that love 
it is like the equivalent or it has it can uplift 750,000 who are not. So that's why you just keep you keep doing it. You keep doing the inner work to clear more limits within ourselves to allow more of that light. So it's always worth it. And again, as Gandhi said, you have to be the change you wish to see. And it's we often again, we wait and we live externally. We live from the outside in going, oh, but this will make me happy and I'll be happy when I do this. And when I have this, I'll be happy. And when I do this, I'll decide that I can I can be more loving and be more kind. And when this happens, I I, I promise I'll be more loving and kind or whatever happens. But you know, again, there's a line in the Course in Miracles that says that's the ego's way of living. It says, when this happens or this happens, I'll be happy or I'll be loving. Whereas the spirit way of living says, no, I'll choose to be happy and life will conform. <laughs> we don't wait. And this is what we do. We live from the outside in. We're, we're waiting for things to make us feel something. And even if it's a person, we're like, they're going to make me feel loved. But again, if you're giving someone or something that power, to make you feel loved, well, they can also make you feel not loved and crap and low if they're having a bad day. So you don't, and Dr. Joe Dispenza calls it, you're living as a victim of your environment. If you're constantly waiting for your emotional well-being to be based off of things outside of you, well, you're going to be waiting and it's really unstable. Whereas again, because we are creation, we have the power to create any and all of those emotions within us without anything. And that's the power we hold. We feel love because it's it's an energy and a thought that we choose to embody. We feel fear because it's something we choose to embody. But again, it's that choice and it's that consistency in working to harness more and more of that energy and that light and making it your baseline. So you're not living in that unstable external way of living. Because again, that's the fear way of living. The ego uses these eyes and these eyes look out Mm -hmm. and whatever it sees, it has the tendency to attach itself towards and say, this is real because perception is reality. And so what you see is in your perception. And so you declare it real, but we are constructing reality. The mind attributes, attribute, what's attributes, significant features to data that is otherwise uh, void of meaning. Mm-hmm. But so if that is the case, then essentially we create purpose, we yeah. make purpose. And so if if your job is to create and make purpose, <laughs> what do you do with that? Like, like if I told you your job is and I'm not asking you, sister, but I'm, I'm saying mm-hmm. to, the, to the crowd because we about to get out of here. But if I told you your job was to create purpose, that that's really your sole job is you have any roles. Your only obligation is to live and learn create purpose. What would you do? How would you, where would you begin at? The only source that you could begin at is what you're passionate about. And what you're passionate about is what you value, because something that you value is something that is important to you. And it's important to you for a reason. So then you learn how to skillfully live operating in purpose through your values and leaving, like my sister said, leaving a legacy. Because as you come back to the core, you realize that you're connected to the larger whole. What you realize is that you are both the water molecule and you are the entire damn ocean. Mm-hmm. You are them both. Yeah. And so you hold yourself accountable in a healthy way. You hold yourself or you you acknowledge and accept the fact that all of this is for you to manage and love. And so then the other becomes a reflection of yourself. And this mm-hmm. is where I go to my faith and, and where I had many arguments early on and did not understand when they said, 
love thy neighbor as thyself. When Jesus said, love thy neighbor as thyself, like, how the hell could I love my neighbor as myself? Like, that don't even make sense. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I can't stand this dude over here. Like, and then they leave trash out all the time. And like, come on, yo. No. Yeah. It's when you are able to see yourself in the neighbor and yeah. understand that you've always been seeing yourself in the other. It's just that when you operated out of fear, you projected that fear onto the other and made them enemy. But when you fill yourself up with love, the more that you continue to cultivate that love within you, that's what gets projected outward. And so you see yourself in the neighbor. And then you have compassion for the fact that they may be disorganized or they may be, or they may be suffering or they may be actively out there causing harm to others. There's still a sense mm -hmm. of compassion there because you understand that this person is in a fractured state. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean sit by idly by and do nothing. No, it's quite the opposite. We've come here to to experience things and to do life. And and we all we all have that responsibility of guiding each other towards that frequency of love, guiding each other to home. Because that's what that's what a return to love is, is a return to home. Yeah. Moving from separateness back to oneness. Totally. But again, it starts with us. Because if we don't know that for ourselves, we cannot see it in another. Love your neighbor as love thy neighbor as yourself. We don't know ourselves first and foremost. We don't love ourselves first and foremost. So we cannot extend that compassion. And that's been my experience as well. When I reconnected and remembered and experienced the truth of who I was, then it's like, oh, I get it now. And then you can extend it. But until we know and experience it for ourselves, there's no way. And that's, again, we, we cannot give what we don't have. And again, we have to have it and know it within ourselves first and foremost to truly be able to extend it to another. And that's why it's an inside out game. That's why it starts with us first and foremost, always. And just even an invitation to leave people with as well, just to get curious. Because again, if it's true that I am constantly projecting what I'm holding within and I'm experiencing it in my reality, well, instead of fighting against that reality, why not just put a spin on it and be curious and be like, okay, what could this be reflecting to me? What might this be showing me that I'm holding within myself? Just open your mind. You don't need to know answers. Just be curious and be like, hmm, well, imagine if that was true, that life is always reflecting me to me and every situation is reflecting something to me. And it's a projection and they're subconscious. They're in our subconscious mind. So we are not aware of them. The, the clue is in the name, sub below. So it's below consciousness. But if you look at your reality and just get curious and be like, what might this be reflecting to me? What might this be showing me within me? What might this be pointing to within me that I'm judging about myself or I'm disconnected from within myself? And just look at your life, your 3D reality, your current life experiences, just with that little bit of an opening and just see, just see and explore. Not saying you need to know answers, but just imagine. Just imagine if this reality that I'm living is a result of what I hold within and previous thoughts that I have had. What could I change within myself to create a new experience on the outside? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I always look. I always look in the mirror. We don't see things as they are, but as we are. Mm -hmm. And so understand that, that if you struggle with, forgive, with forgiving the other, understand that it's truly a reflection that you haven't forgiven yourself. If you struggle to love the other, understand that it's a reflection that you struggle to love yourself. The other is only here, well, they all, we all are here on our own paths, but the other, in regards to our story, 
the the primary purpose is to assist us in understanding the deeper truth of who we are mm-hmm. by being a reflection of who we are because they're just a different version of who we are. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I, Go ahead, sister. Go ahead. No, no, it's just saying, yeah, and imagine if you lived with that curiosity instead of having to be defensive or right or wrong. Again, just play. Mm. My invitation is always play. Be curious for yourself. Don't take what I say. Go play and be be curious and explore for yourself and have that, hmm, what if? And just see what happens. I'm so grateful for you being on this episode in a way that you flow. I'm telling you, I was having goosebumps through the episode. So really respect. I appreciate you, sister. And can you just tell the, just let the people know where they can reach you at? Absolutely. And thank you so much, Harry. It was a pleasure as well to connect and flow. And yeah, my website is karenmaloney.com. So from there, you can find everything. My Facebook is Inside Out Coach. Karen Maloney and my Instagram is Karen Maloney. And I also have a podcast called Curiosity and Consciousness. So it really, the intention is to help us to open our mind as well to more of who we are and the power we hold within through many different types of conversations. Yeah, but KarenMaloney.com. Thank you so much, sister. This has been another excellent episode of season three, Miss Maloney. I appreciate you. Please go check out her website, KarenMaloney.com. It's going to be other links that I will post at the bottom of this podcast. Please go check out the Sisters, The Real Deal 100. And again, remember, a life of authenticity is a life of skillfully practicing, living through your values. And my mission statement is to assist others in developing the audacity to live unapologetically authentic. I am the nocturnal therapist and I am out. Y'all stay lit. <laughs>